Hello and welcome back to this Wednesday episode of Freight Waves Now. I'm Anthony Smith here with Tony Mulvey and we're about to bring on a special guest here. We have Spencer Tinney who has been long overdue for being on our Freight Waves air. Spencer, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Good to be with you gentlemen. So Spencer, when we're looking at all the recent events because there's been a lot happening in a short amount of time, glad you're on here to break some of this down. Seems like the merger and acquisition activity just has not stopped. Can you talk about one of the latest stories that you've seen that's popped up lately? Well, I mean, there's just, there's several announcements just from this month. I've got a short list here. Uh, we've got Hirschbach uh, acquiring John Christian Trucking, Covenant Transportation with AAT Carrier, uh, Marist with Pilot Freight, Keenan and Advantage with K-Limited Carriers, Brown Bear Transportation with Abenaki Carriers. That's one of ours. And of course, uh, the big daddy of them all, uh, the announcement yesterday with Cummins and uh, Meritor, $3.7 billion transaction. So yes, uh, very active in, um, in just four very short weeks in February. And can you talk about that Cummins one? Because we we're chatting about it a little bit earlier on on the headlines, but really break down some of what this means for the industry and really how big this deal is. Well, I, I think it's it's significant uh, for several reasons. Uh, one, obviously, because of of the size, but really what it what it what it means for um, just conceptually, what's happening, what are the motivations that are driving both large and small deals. And so, when you, when you have a deal like this, and you know, watching the report and interview with, um, uh, I believe it was um, Alan Adler, which was a great commentary yesterday on your show, and uh, he made some some excellent points about just. You know, the motivations of these deals, which was highly complementary between these two deals, different types of technologies. And I think that's the main thing right now. It's the recognition in the market that, especially when it comes to technology, the innovations are happening so fast and what it, what's required to be competitive is so demanding, um, it's almost impossible to go this road alone. And so that's why you're seeing these highly strategic transactions that are highly complementary in nature. But really what it's saying is that, you know, it's not realistic for us to be the experts in all of these specializations within technology. In order for us to win the future and to be competitive, we've got to lock arms with other companies or acquire um, the ones that give us the best chance to be competitive. And I think this is a great example of that. Uh, not only does it just... Um, enhance all the capabilities for Cummins moving forward, that really puts pressure on the rest of the market to keep pace. And I think that's the issue. It's not just about winning, it's about cutting the legs out from underneath the competition. And that's kind of what uh, Mr. Adler was kind of mentioning or hinting at was this really puts pressure on some of these other um, technology-based companies that are still non-revenue uh, based uh, to, to keep pace. So I think that's the, you know, one of the main storylines coming from this deal yesterday, but it's, but it's a common thing that we're seeing, not just in the technology uh, part of, trans, uh, of logistics, but just across all areas of transportation logistics. Those same themes are a huge part of what's driving all this activity. I think that that leads into a great uh, segue here. I mean, you see these smaller, are these smaller companies repositioning themselves uh, for possible acquisition or are they focused on building their own brand and building and growing themselves? Well, I, I think depending on what day of the week it is, uh, it could be either one. Um, and, and I think that's really um, the issue right now. I think some people, they can go, um, there's a group of business owners right now that they get energized with all the stuff, with all the challenges that are happening right now. They see this as their moment to lap the competition. 
And there's other folks that maybe they've multi multi-generational um, and, you know, they know that there's lots of opportunities, but it's just they have more exciting opportunities in, in, in a different space or a different industry. And, you know, that's kind of a kind of the storyline of this recent deal that we did. Um, Brown Bear Transportation um, acquisition of Abenaki Carriers, where we represented the seller. And I think that's a, a, a another significant storyline where sellers just looking for an opportunity to find the the right partner um, or torchbearer to help carry the legacy, take care of their employees. And that was a, a major motivation and, and, and key ingredient of what that got that small deal done. And I think we're seeing all kinds of storylines like that across the industry taking place right now. Spencer, as you just said, there's been tons going on across the industry right now, especially your deal. Also, congrats on that one. Uh, amazing news on that. Um, when we're looking at the industry as a whole, there's been a ton of activity, of course, over the last two years. But how much gas is left in the tank here over the next couple of years or next year or remainder of 2022? How much many more mergers and acquisitions. Is this going to slow down? Do you see this speeding up? Is this just going to stay on the same clip? What are you, what are you expecting here? I do think is, uh, well, we're staffing at Tinny Group like it's the, like the, it's going to be pedaled down for the rest of the year. Um, certainly for that. I do think that there's a lot of le uh, gas left in the tank for 22 and 23. I think after that, um, for several reasons, I think a lot of the main plays might already be done. I mean, like you can't replicate what just happens with what just happened with with Cummins and Meritor. Like that's you, those types of deals. You you're not going to see um, um, more and more of those because they're just not available. So I, what I do think is that for the smaller that are have you know the smaller companies that have high pressure to compete, um, you're going to see massive consolidation of those. Um, truckload carriers with the you know 500 to 200 trucks. I think that's we're going to see a ton of consolidation. And on the logistics side, I think with the technology, um, all the the innovations that are taking place, I think it's just you're going to see um, a significant amount of moves in that area as well. Just because the recognition, if you don't have you know cutting edge cutting edge technology or um, the ability to stay out in front of the competition, it's going to be very difficult in a low margin industry to to, to be the winner. So I think all those things uh, are going to really compress a lot of deal activity in the next 12 to 18 months, say, as interest rates inc increase and as some of we kind of um, have some of these larger deals um, change the competitive landscape. I think you'll see a little a bit of a normalization in the M&A world. But um, for now, buckle up. Yeah, I think you bring up great yeah. points there. With, and, and to go further, I mean, you look at the amount of money that is being poured into freight tech and transportation just in general. How careful do buyers need to be in this uh, when you're taking on new property and new companies? I think that there's, there's already a caution just because of how great the demand is. I think buyers are pretty savvy. But, that, but again, I think that... Um, I think this is where you see educated and experienced buyers stepping up and making bold moves, just like in this Cummins and Meritor deal, where they're—I mean—they're calculating out that there's 130 million in additional synergies by year three. Those are the types of calculations that experienced buyers are extracting as part of their due diligence process when whether or not they're going to do a deal. Because without question, even with our annual M&A report, we predicted that this was probably be a extremely high, maybe a 10-year high uh, in terms of valuations across both asset light and asset heavy companies. But as long as the synergies are there to um, make the deal viable, deals are going to get done 
either way. And, and, and I think um, you know, another thing that we've talked about here is that if you're not doing the deal, you're probably experiencing an expense somewhere uh, because of the lack of not having that synergy in place. So I think it's just a mindset in terms of, do I want to be proactive? Do I want to be on offense or do I want to be in defense based on all of uh, the movement that's going around me? And I think what's what we're seeing most buyers say is that I want to control my own destiny and um, and make the moves and, and, and be proactive and be first. So I think that's what we're going to see some more of. And Spencer, with so much activity, are you noticing any saturation of certain types of companies or certain types of freight tech technology? And if so, what are some of the things that you say, hey, this can really kind of help position them to be a little bit more, uh, you know, standout-ish or, you know, help mm -hmm. give them a stronger brand potentially? Um, you know, honestly, uh, when it comes to to the tech, um, I, I am cautious. I think because for someone that's not a, t a, a tech expert, um, we know it, it has high influence on deals. But but I think it really takes experts to understand what is proprietary and what's not from a valuation standpoint. And so, lots of friends in the industry, uh, Metafora, um, formerly Carrier Direct, excellent friends and resources to to do a great job of helping people understand the role that that plays. Um, and how it might affect value, um, what's worth creating on your own versus getting something that's already kind of proven and less proprietary. I think, I think those are the issues. And I think that the, the challenges for owners is that they do have technology is before they go double down on strategy, make sure that if you're counting on something to be proprietary, make sure that that technology actually is proprietary because innovations are happening so fast, this, this obsolescence is always a possibility. So I think that's, that's the issue. It's just with the technology changing so fast, what is innovative today might be obsolete tomorrow. And, and that's the question from a valuation standpoint. Awesome, Spencer. Well, that was great stuff. So if you're looking for any more information on the Tinney Group, look, check out their website. I've, I've read that 2022 report and it's excellent. So feel free to check it out. But right now we're going to toss it to another quick break.